Are you looking to fine-tune? Whether for your business, your job, your team, or yourself, in each episode, we will be discussing different ideas and opinions using real-world examples to help you see opportunities, innovate, and succeed. Hi, it's Corby Fine, and welcome to Fine-Tune. So I recently saw a post uh, on LinkedIn, might have been Facebook, I, I honestly can't remember, might have been both. And it was referencing the fact that during the last financial crisis in and around 2007, 2008, that so many innovative startups were founded. Companies like Uber and Airbnb, they had the foresight to take advantage of the downturn and focus on building you know, new markets disrupting the legacy businesses that held their positions as leaders for decades. And as markets are now once again in record declines that we really haven't seen in over 30 years, with massive layoffs beginning, and unfortunately, many more likely to come, several large-scale businesses have already gone under. And that's not to mention the thousands and thousands of small businesses that may never again open their doors to their customers and their communities. Today. We're going to be talking with Amy Davies, an entrepreneur in Toronto who had started her business well before the current situation with COVID-19. But ironically, the service and the product that she's been building and offering in market is perfectly aligned to what is happening in today's society. In 1892, General Electric launched in the midst of an economic panic that saw 40% drop in business activity across the U.S becoming one of the largest organizations the world has ever seen. In 1928, two brothers introduced the world to a little character named Mickey Mouse through their short animated feature, Steamboat Willie. And then they incorporated Walt Disney Productions right as the nearly four-year Great Depression was just getting started. In 1973, the world facing an oil crisis and dealing with a stock market crash, while at the same time two young entrepreneurs Bill Gates and Paul Allen started their little company called Microsoft. Then there are a few little companies, namely Salesforce, Google, Facebook, among others, who, although not explicitly starting during recessions, all launched right before major economic meltdowns. The point is, no matter what the economic conditions, it is always possible to do something risky and succeed. No matter the time, the environment, or the challenges you may face, if you have an idea and you believe in it and you think that the world is ready for it, why not give it a shot and just go for it? All of those previous companies, they're just a few of the examples of what is actually possible. And we can't even begin to know or name the countless small businesses that have evolved under the same conditions and challenges. So today, as my guest, I have the pleasure of talking with someone who's doing exactly what those entrepreneurs we just discussed did themselves start their business in the face of economic uncertainty. Amy Davies, she's the founder and CEO of First 30 Incorporated, which is an innovative technology company that has developed an online and mobile-friendly outplacement program. It offers 30 days worth of coaching videos and resources that businesses can offer to their employees who are affected by restructuring and layoffs. 
Amy is also the author of A Spark in the Dark, Illuminating Your Path to a Brilliant Career in a Reorg World. Amy, welcome to Fine Tune. Hi, Corby. Thanks so much for having me. That was a great intro and I'm sure gives a lot of us, particularly people with small businesses like me, a lot of hope. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I'm really glad you could uh, you could join me today. Uh, obviously, we are uh, in isolation in our own homes, but yes, thanks to again other technologies that seem to be doing well, we we have the chance to speak. So so uh, welcome and good morning. Thank you, Amy. In going back through your career, not unlike many other entrepreneurs, you've started working for other organizations and and some of them very you know prestigious and well known uh, companies like Wrigley, Rogers Communications, Unilever. What did you do earlier in your career and and when did that entrepreneurial bug really hit you? Well, um, after I finished university, I moved to England and I started my career out at, like you said, at at Unilever in the UK. And I think I was always really, I was born to be an entrepreneur. I was pretty independent. And like a lot of us, I don't like being told what to do. Uh, But I started in market research and market research is a funny area because while you are in a business, you really have to have the mindset of someone outside the business. Because when you're a great market researcher and your company depends on you for insight, what you have to be able to do is look at the business objectively. So while you're in the business, you sort of sit on the edge of the business and you have to view it all very differently. So from that perspective, I always felt like I was a little outside any organization that I worked within. Uh, and I, I do think that that was, it was really me. So I always felt like I was going to become an entrepreneur. Interesting. And so was it that market research experience that, that really helped to see the opportunities? You know, what, what if I asked was, was the actual inspiration for your business? Uh, I know there are a lot of organizations in market today who, who currently do help employees and executives through that transition, you know, um, exiting one organization and joining another, what made you want to tackle that particular space? And was it the research background that you had that helped you maybe identify uh, gaps or opportunities in the current market? Well, you might know this, but market research is a funny function as well because we're considered a cost center. So it helped in the sense that whenever there were large scale layoffs, our department was often the first out the door. So as a result of that, I've experienced outplacement twice. I've been laid off twice and gone through outplacement programs. The inspiration was really when I was in those programs, I felt there was a lot of good things happening, but I felt like there was also a huge opportunity to improve the experience for the end user. And I really felt like I had the skills required to do that. And then I started writing the book. um, And then, of course, when you're writing a book about a reorg world, as I call it, where we're losing and changing our jobs every two to three years, you become everyone's phone a friend when they get laid off. So I started doing research on outplacement companies and asking people about their experience, looking for the opportunities and the pain points they were experiencing and built First 30 to resolve those pain points. Interesting. You you, you mentioned the word experience, which I do want to come back to after. Sure. But I think I think an interesting question, why now? And and I, I, I do know you've obviously started this endeavor well before the current situation we're facing from an economic perspective. But if I wrap the whole time frame and say in the last year, 
what what is or was it about the current environment that said now's the time to do this? Well, first of all, I didn't plan to launch in the middle of a pandemic, certainly. Uh, so I felt like the I could see that the outplacement industry hadn't really been innovated in a long time. And that's why I did it when I did it. I didn't see the things happening around me that I expected to happen. But it was also because of my life situation. I had the opportunity to write the book. Um, my kids had gotten a little older, so there was a little more flexibility to do more things. So it was as much about what was going on with the industry as what was going on in my life. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs go through that as well. They, they have an idea and then they have to write for the right, wait for the right time in the market and the right time in their personal lives to really get it going. So you mentioned a lack of innovation. And mm -hmm. when I take a look at what you're building and some of the ways in which you've described it to me, you, you mentioned an interesting term. You say what you're actually building is a, an innovative technology company, but in a space where, you know, to your point, you started with a book and a book which is content and methodology about helping people get through this process. So what is it that made you say, you know what, experience the, the, the technology, the platform, that's going to be my differentiator? What, <laughs> what was it that really said, that's where I need to focus? Well, it really had nothing to do with the technology at first. My first thought was not about how I was going to do it, but why and what the end user needed. And I built the program, first started in my mind, and then I started writing out each day by day. And the technology is just the enabler. It just made sense to put it together that way. And so that's what I had no intention of that. It was just what was the best for the user and what would the user get out of this? And that's how it went to market. And that's how it was built. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I, I will I will say that I really didn't think at first that I could launch an outplacement business without the live elements. So when people get into outplacement, they usually uh, meet with a coach or, you know, now maybe virtually one to one. And I thought you could never launch a, an outplacement business without having live coaching. But when I did my research with dozens and dozens of people who had gone through outplacement, I was surprised when they said that the live coaches were one of the most disappointing elements. They were really looking forward to their live coaches. But what they said to me was their coach didn't necessarily understand their industry. They didn't get their work level and they didn't get them. And so I tried to find a way to build a very personal relationship with people who are going through the program and give them their own experience, but also make it really engaging and open so that most people can relate to the conversations that we have and the topics that are covered. So on that, on that note of personalization, can you talk to one or two of the things that you've built into the platform that really bring that to life? Yeah, so every day on the platform, I, I have a number of experts who are involved, but every single day, I will, uh, there's a little video of me talking to the user. And I show a lot of my own character in the in the videos. I also read, run webinars so that they get a chance to have a more live experience. Um, but I'm really honest about my experiences. And I believe that for a lot of people, those will be relatable. 
Uh, I talk about uh, experiences I've had job interviewing and how they can show up really well in interviews and, and succeed. Um, so I try to bring a lot of my personality into the program. I'm not you know, I'm not coming across as stiff and someone who has all the answers. I at least have some of them. And I, I like people to see who who I really am. And so beyond you being sort of the the celebrity and star taking <laughs> taking your clients through, what are some of the other sort of secret ingredients that maybe you think are really going to set First 30 apart and help you uh, win in your space? the people for sure who have been involved in this program. So there's a number of incredible experts uh, on the program. Um, one of which is Leslie Hughes, who's a LinkedIn expert. She's written a book. She has a course that she contributes to the program. Uh, clinical psychologist, Dr. Mary Lynn, they are amazing. Um, the other things that what really made the program work are the people who worked on the program with me. So I had a lot of partners along the way. At the very beginning, my designer, James White, if you see the, the design for this program, it's incredible. And that's all down to his uh, hard work and creativity. I worked with an amazing videographer, Facundo Campos. Uh, I also worked with a Toronto-based development developer, uh, Pixel Pushers. And I work with an SEO person, uh, Laura Lee Guthrie uh, of Market Fuse. And now I have uh, someone in HR. So what I lacked really with, for this business was the HR expertise. And now I'm working with an HR expert, uh, Jeff Waldman, who's been amazing and donated a ton of his time. We're going to talk about a program we're launching this week later, but uh, he's done it, donated a ton of his time helping me get that off the ground. And, and the other thing is, I would say um, when I worked with my suppliers, I, I paid them what they're worth, right? Like I didn't skimp on my suppliers. I didn't argue with them over the costs. I listened to them because they're the experts in their space and we have a great relationship. And that really is one of the things that I believe has made First 30 so successful. I've worked with great people all along the way. And they've helped me and friends and, and family have been really supportive. That's a really good tip. I'm sure, though, even with building those great relationships and finding you know, strong synergies with your suppliers and partners, it can't all be a path full of rose petals. And so <laughs> every entrepreneur faces challenges. Yes. You, know, uh, you all face roadblocks. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about some of the hurdles you may have faced and what was it that really made you stand up and face that challenge and, and keep the dream alive? Was there anything that in the journey of getting to where you are with, with your launch made you ever sort of say, hey, is this really what I want to do and is this worth it? So along the way, there were very hard and difficult points. Like any entrepreneur, I had a very clear vision of what I wanted to achieve and I would get stuck on things and it would keep me up at night. I, I would wake up at night in a panic because I really wanted to launch a quality product. And of course, when you're an entrepreneur, my whole project was self-funded. You can't always afford the Jaguar, but you have to find a way to make it look like a Jaguar, right? And, and I didn't want to launch something that wasn't a really a quality product. So that was one of the biggest hurdles. In fact, the hardest parts were the little things like getting the audio book right. That was really, really difficult. And um, 
it really was a stumbling block for me. So, you know, you have a podcast, which I'm sure you edit. And <laughs> sometimes that can be the editing takes two or three times the amount of time as the recording, right? So that was really hard. And then, of course, going to market uh, and then a pandemic uh, striking. And you really have to think, how, what am I going to do and how am I going to handle this? But there was never a time that I ever wanted to give up. I just, I love a challenge and I, I wanted to keep making it work no matter what that took. The concept of a pandemic isn't something that most entrepreneurs would think of as a potential roadblock, but no. but you're facing it. And so maybe can you give one or two tips that in spite of what you're facing now, uh, other entrepreneurs can learn from your success in actually getting your product and service out the door uh, in spite of the conditions that we're facing? What are, what are a couple of things that people can take away and actually learn from? Be nimble and be prepared to change course to suit the environment that you're living within. Listen to the people around you, ask for help, ask for advice, and don't be shy about that. And if you have something to give, don't be greedy. Think about how you're going to give whatever it is you have to offer and get it into the hands of the people who need it most. Because you, your good work at a time when people need you will be rewarded later and and just have faith in that. Those are those are really good tips. Outside of the circle of suppliers and partners that were working with you and obviously the the great list of talented individuals that you you mentioned earlier that helped you directly with the mm -hmm. launch of the product, were there any other people that you turned to in your life, um, mentors, family and and how did they play a part? Well, it, well, first of all, I have to thank you. Corby, because you got on the phone with me a couple of weeks ago and uh, you gave me the opportunity to bounce ideas off of you and you helped me kind of solidify my plan. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, and so there's been a few people who have, have done that, like got on the phone with me, helped me out, answered questions I didn't have the answer to. Um, a friend of mine, David McPherson, went through a press release that I was putting out and has really helped me develop that. He's, he's, that's his expertise. Um, my family has been incredibly supportive. My kids are obviously, <laughs> as you can relate, they're home all the time now. So they're really on this journey with me in, in a very meaningful way. Uh, my husband, Brent Jensen, he kind of gets me and uh, understands that this has been a lot of pressure and a lot of, you know, it hasn't been easy, but he's been incredibly supportive. My parents have been supportive. So I've got a great support system around me. Um, and that has been totally invaluable. Okay, so now let's let's get to uh, a really interesting point. I yeah. understand through our conversations of a few weeks ago that mm -hmm. you're planning something really special and unique, a launch program of sorts that, given what's happening right now, could potentially help thousands of Canadian workers affected by the current downturn. So why don't you describe and talk a little bit about what your plan is? And then how listeners can get access, and we will share it as well uh, as we uh, as we publish and and send this out through through my uh, digital channels as well. So over to you. So thanks. I'm glad we're talking about this. Uh, it's called the Virtual Get Back to Work Program, and it will open up our platform to 10,000 people, free of charge or for a small donation. 
and then we're also right now working with small business owners on a really interesting model. It's a pay what you can, when you can model, because small businesses were not set up to offer outplacement to their employees and they're really having a hard time. And, and I kid you not, I've been on the phone with people who have, you know, they've broken down on the phone. And it's been really tough to see that happening, especially as someone who's built my own business and knows what went into that. So it's a pay what you can when you can. And with larger businesses, we're deeply discounting our services because while we understand they may have some budget, they're going through a hard time just like everybody else. And our mission at First 30 is to make sure we give the opportunity for every business to offer every employee outplacement services. And that does not change during a crisis. And Amy, where can uh, where can Canadians go to uh, become a part of the program? So www.first30ready.com. There's a link at the front page of the site that will get get them to the information they need. The program, like I said, launches later this week, so they can join our mailing list, uh, which is clearly indicated. There's a lot more information about what the program has to offer. Uh, if any of your listeners are looking to support the program, we're also launching a Kickstarter campaign to cover some of the development and the hosting costs, because uh, we're also a small business, but we're we're doing whatever we can to make this work. We appreciate any help that we can get. Um, and uh, yeah, we're just really excited to be able to get this program into the hands of people who need it most. And it's really perfectly designed for uh, self-isolation because it's 30 days and you can you can go through the program as quickly or slowly as you want, but every single day there's a video there for you, there's resources for you, there's a resume writing course, a LinkedIn course, so all of these tools to help you get prepared. We understand there might not be jobs there tomorrow, but there, you know, immediately, but there are going to be jobs and this will be your best chance at getting prepared to get back to work as soon as possible. And just just to be clear, that's um, www.first30ready. F-I-R-S-T, the number's three zero, ready.com. And that is the URL. And I will have that available on the show notes as well. Thanks. So Amy, that's, um, you know, it's it's a great story. I think there's a few key points that have really uh, resonated with me today. Focusing on experience, making sure that technology in a, in a business model is really considered the enabler, the way you described it. Obviously, the, the content and the program itself is really the differentiator, but the technology is an enabler to get it to market in a, in a different way. Pay your suppliers what they're worth and build those relationships. Don't take advantage of people if they're truly going to help you get to where you want to go. Don't be afraid to listen and, and adapt. Uh, trust in people. And I think the key one at the end of the day, don't be greedy. And, and I think what you're doing in terms of launching uh, a really innovative program for the Canadian market concepts like pay what you can in, in the current state and really uh, helping people think about what they're going to do to help themselves get back to work as this pandemic situation resolves itself over the next few months is, is really critical. And, uh, and you know, I commend you on, on, on doing that. So thank you for, for that on behalf of you know, myself and, and many Canadians uh, who are currently uh, in a display situation. Oh, thanks. And I, I really do want to wish your listeners all the very best. Uh, this isn't an easy time for any of us and um, really appreciate all the frontline workers who are, you know, saving lives and, and risking their own 
for all of us. So thank you so much. Thank you. So once again, uh, Amy Davies has been our guest, founder and CEO of First 30 Incorporated, an innovative technology as an enabler platform company <laughs> uh, who has developed a, uh, an online and mobile friendly outplacement program offering 30 days worth of, of coaching videos and resources for uh, Canadians across the country, coast to coast. Amy, thank you so much for being with me on Fine Tune. And uh, we hope uh, your, your house containment is as good as it can be. Thanks, Darby. Thanks. Take care. You've been listening to Fine Tune. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me on Twitter at CFine, through LinkedIn at CorbyFine, or visit my website, CorbyFine.com. Fine Tune is produced by me, Corby Fine. Thanks for listening.